Use caution when Googling 18XX. Pro tip. Welcome to Cardboard and Wine, episode 17. I'm Mamie. And I'm Josh. Grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's talk about some games. Today on the show, we go minimalist by making a minimal list of games <laughs> that would make the cut if we could only keep five. Who will survive? Greetings, Mamie. Greetings. I feel like we should start out by uh, updating our listeners. Um, last time we recorded, we were um, talking about how Hurricane Florence was about to hit North Carolina. Yeah, at that time of the last recording, it looked like the center of the storm was going to come right over us. Uh, we were fortunate the path deviated a little bit to the south, and we did get some heavy rains, but but luckily for us, we only had minor discomfort here, uh, although our neighbors to the east uh, certainly got it quite a bit worse than we did. But thanks for all of you who reached out reached out with your concern and your support. But happy to say we are fine here at Cardboard and Wine headquarters, and all the board games are dry. One thing I'm a little concerned about is that there seems to be something floating in my wine. Well, that's because I decided to mix it up a little bit tonight. Literally. Instead of wine tonight, we're drinking sangria. So this particular sangria is actually Alton Brown, who is my favorite nerdy chef. Um, Alton Brown sangria recipe. So it is wine. It's, in fact, a lot of wine. But it's also brandy and fruit and sugar. Oh, wine with brandy added. Exactly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Should be a fun episode. Just, just go easy on it. Well, it tastes delicious. Thank you. So this particular sangria recipe, you mix the fruit, which this is apples, pears, plums, and strawberries with the brandy and the sugar, and you let it sit all day, and then you add the wine and like a splash of orange juice right before you drink it. And it's pretty fabulous. Also, there's some orange juice in here, Just too. Just a splash. What kind of wine is this? So this particular sangria, Alton Brown, calls for using a red blend that's mostly Grenache. This is pretty cheap bottle of a Syrah Grenache blend. Well, it tastes fantastic. Thanks for making the sangria. I wanted to also say a thanks to a new Patreon patron. Yay! A special thanks to Emil, who is supporting the show through Patreon. Thank you so much, Emil. So we are on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash cardboard and wine or click the become a patron button on our website. Yep, and if you do, we will give you a shout-out on the show and send you a cardboard and wine button like the one we have on the way to a meal. They're very cute. Also, I wanted to update everyone on our Instagram giveaway that we mentioned on the last episode. Uh, cool Stuff Inc. was kind enough to sponsor our prize with a $25 gift certificate, and we picked a winner. The winner was at Board Game Boozer, which actually sort of fits our theme. Yeah, he is from Australia, where actually it just became spring. Oh, nice. Yeah. Certainly recommend if you are on Instagram and you are a fan of board games and fancy drinks, and who isn't? Um, I am. Yeah. Super, super cool posts and photos. And uh, special thanks to him for listening to the show and entering our contest. Congratulations. All right, Mamie, let's talk about some memorable gaming moments we've had since our last episode. Yeah, well, obviously, the most memorable thing of the last couple of weeks has been playing the 18xx games. Yeah, I think we've I think we spent most most of our gaming time, at least from a time perspective, has been 
18xx games. Yeah, we received 1889 and we've played that a couple times. And then we also just this week broke out 1846. That was your first play of 1846. It was my first play of 1846. And, you know, I, I'm still not totally sure how I feel about these games. I enjoy them and there's mechanisms in them that are really cool. And I, I like how challenging they are. But they are long, and I am sleepy. Yeah, and I will say, um, I don't know if this is going to help the situation, but uh, 1846 and 1889 are two of the shorter uh, (laughs) 18xx games. Uh, Some of these can go easily 8, 10 hours. I mean, I think if it was planned to be that for the day, and, you know, we had lunch and started a game and took a break and had dinner, I think I could do it. I think it would be fun. I I will say, you know, right now we have a puppy that wakes me up at 5.30, so I'm not necessarily as excited about a game that's going until midnight. Um, I definitely know at least once I was grumpy that the game wasn't over yet. But like I said, there are things about them that I really do enjoy. I think I just want to plan accordingly for that much game time. Yeah, I think that these games, even though they are shorter, um, you know, these are games that need four hours blocked off to to play these games. And, and, you know, one thing that I think we have learned, we have a good three to three and a half hours in us <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a school night at least. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think for us, that's really the big, that's really the big challenge is, is fitting these games that are really interesting into our life right now. You know, a game that takes more than three hours um, really does require a special occasion a little bit, or at least a time when we have to either get started early or we don't have the kids around or something like that. Maybe we'll have to play again at JoshCon. Yeah, you know, and actually my last play of 1846 before um, our play this weekend was at JoshCon. We played, played a game of it. I will say that I have noticed now that I've got a few games under my belt that things are coming quicker. Uh, things are going quicker um, than they did in those first couple plays that I did. The other thing is all of our plays this week had at least one new player. So we were teaching along with playing. And I think if we sat down with people that knew what they were doing from the get-go, that would make a big difference. That's a good point. And, and you know, several of these games, we, um, because of getting up for work the next morning of, of us and some of the other folks playing, you know, we usually had a hard stop on the time limit. So quote unquote hard stop. Well, just one more operation <laughs> round and then we'll call it. Um, but you know, we, you're, you're right. So, so all of those plays that we did had at least 30 minutes of teaching time before we even jumped into the game. So, and you know, that, that contributes a little bit to the fatigue. You know, if we would just jump right in and started playing, um, it would go a little quicker. But I do have a spreadsheet. Yes, the is spreadsheet helpful. is amazing. Yeah, if anyone's interested in my Google spreadsheet of 1846 or 1889, I'm quite proud of it. So anyway, I think we have just started dipping our toes into the 18xx water. Which, by the way, you need to be careful if you try to Google. That's true. Use caution when Googling 18xx. Pro tip. <laughs> All right, well, let's move into our discussion of the week. All right, well, our gaming collection has ballooned to around 130 games, and that's not even counting expansions. Uh, That's 130 actual uh, standalone games. We have slowly moved up to three four by two Calyx Ikea shelves and a second smaller shelf that has some of our kids games on it. And I've really been giving some thought to culling our collection a little bit. So, 
you know, while my natural tendency is to be a collector of lots of things, but especially <laughs> with uh, board games, I tend to be the collector phenotype. Clutter, on the other hand, stresses me out, and I love the idea of minimalism. So I thought for fun, uh, for a fun exercise, we could take that to the extreme and imagine our game collection if we could only keep five games. Which ones would we pick? Uh, I actually was, was going to be super tragic and and create a scenario where imagine we would imagine our house burned down and we could only save five games, but that seemed a little dark. How about we imagine we're moving to Europe and we can only pack five games? There you go. But then, you know, I could probably take 10 small games versus, you know, <laughs> one large game, you know, mix versus minions, and that's the only game I could take. Yeah, so. leave that one behind. Um, so anyway, we will just use a theoretical example. Um, so we could, we could only keep five games. Um, so Mamie, I gave you that task. How, how was it thinking through that task? Oh, it this was week? excruciating. It was so hard. I started with our whole list and I went through and kind of cut the ones that I knew I was okay getting rid of. And then I had 30. <laughs> well, so down from 130, that's right, pretty good. But it was yeah. still really, then it got very tough because there are lots of different ways to think about this. You know, you could go the route where you keep all of your absolute very favorite games, or you could go the route where you kind of pick one game for each occasion. It was very it was very tough to yeah, try how, to narrow it down. How did you approach it then? Both. I kind of went somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think I did too. I thought a little bit about, you know, different types of games. But I think at the end of the day, I just thought about uh, what games do I enjoy yeah. playing? And do I think I will enjoy playing for a long period of time? I will say, too, to, to make it easier on you, and just because I'm curious, um, what if I give you three honorable mentions that you can't talk about, but if there were any games that were right on the cusp of keeping, they'd be the last ones that you would stare at longingly as you <laughs> as you walked out of the, the house without them. Oh, you want to know which ones those would be? Yeah, what would your three oh, goodness. So honorable mentions be? I think my three honorable mentions, the ones that I had trouble um, cutting were Splendor. I had a hard time cutting Splendor. I had a hard time. There's several. Azul was hard for me to mm, cut. Yeah. And then I think the third one, if I had to pick, would be, I don't know, one of the Splatter games, probably um, Indonesia. That mm. would probably be my three that were tough. Those were three that were in the running and, and something else edged them out. Yeah, interesting. So my honorable mentions, Orleon was one of mine. Oh, that interesting. Really considered, you know, really considered hard, but didn't quite make the cut. Uh, Castles of Burgundy along those lines too. Uh, really wanted a way yeah, to fit it in. Yeah, that's a good but, one. Uh, just, just missed out. Um, uh, innovation was one that I considered too as one. That, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It could fit in, but it just seemed a little too... You're in the mood for it or you're not. And I kind of agree with you. Uh, really, any splatter game, I think the fact that I couldn't just pick one kind of tanked all of them yeah. <laughs> for me. Uh, but a good choice with Innovate, or with uh, Indonesia, that's probably the one I would have picked. Yeah, it, it's my favorite. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into those five games that we did actually pick. If we could only have five, these are the ones we would choose. And I will say, we have not seen each other's lists. So as you hear us reveal them, we are also hearing the other person reveal them for the first time. So these reactions are completely sincere <laughs> and, and real. Uh, so why don't we just jump right in? I have somewhat uh, numbered mine in order, but you know, with only five games, 
I like all these pretty well. So, Mamie, why don't you start? Uh, start with your number five. Okay, so my number five is probably not going to be a surprise to you. It's one of the games that I've previously mentioned is one of my favorites, and it was the 2010 Spiel des Jahres, Dixit. Um, and I picked Dixit because, to me... Because we might get cold and need something to burn in the no, fire. No, it's, it's a great game. And I, I think of it sort of like a smart person's party game. Like it's really easy. And this is part of that whole, you know, having to choose games for different occasions. And I think this is a game that's super easy to teach new people. So it it's a game for non-gamers that non-gamers would enjoy playing. But at the same time, there is some complexity to it. And the cards are really beautiful. And there's a ton of expansions. So that kind of, you know, add some diversity there. The kids enjoy playing it. There's just a lot to it that I enjoy and that I think it would be one that I would want to keep. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. I can see why um, why you would pick that one. The kids do enjoy it. Uh, I would say I would update your description from a game for smart people to a game for creative people. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think creative people... Uh, can really get into the clue giving and can really make it pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when we give clues, we use just one word. But I mean, you could use a sentence. Yeah, I think that's actually one thing I wish is that we would um, push the boundaries a little more on our clue giving Um, because we do sort of fall on this tendency to give one word clues. Uh, But yeah, good choice. Uh, I see why that's on your list. That one, uh, you'll be surprised to know, did not make my list of top five games. <laughs> what uh, was your number five? All right. My number five. This is funny. Maybe our number fives are games the other person definitely wouldn't choose because I did pick 1889, History <laughs> of the <laughs> Shikoku Railways. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I picked this one even though this is the newest game in my collection. But clearly, if we have fewer games, we're going to be much more likely to just leave one sitting out on the table to play over multiple sessions. That makes sense. And and the reason I picked 1889 specifically was I definitely wanted to pick an 18xx game because I've just been really intrigued by the system. And I think it is the type of game, if I could only play uh, just a handful of games for the rest of my life, it's one that would provide a lot of gameplay and interesting, or, or one that would really grow and blossom with with multiple plays um, as we learned it a little more. Um, but as I mentioned, we have 1889, we have 1846. For whatever reason, I just enjoy 1889 quite a bit more. Uh, I think the rule set is a little bit simpler, a little more, a little fewer kind of specific rules and a little more options for stock manipulation, which is kind of an interesting layer on top of the game that 1846 didn't have. And relatively speaking, it's not crazy long. You know, we were getting pretty close to wrapping up a game um, in about four hours and that was all of us being pretty new. So I think, you know, with repeated plays, we could probably get it down to about a three hour game or so. But, you know, I really like games. We talked about the splatter games uh, I think one reason I like those is they have pretty straightforward rule sets. However, they have a ton of decision space that is pretty dependent on uh, or driven by what other players do. Um, so it's just a lot of interaction. I like that. I've enjoyed learning the system. I did want to say, Mamie, there is a new 18xx game coming out in early 2019, similar to 1889, called 18 Chesapeake. That takes place in the oh, Chesapeake oh. region, which is very close to our home. Yes, that's true. Would that, would that provide you with more interest in the game? Perhaps. 
<laughs> we will I don't want to commit. We will see. I definitely understand why that one made your list. I mean, I think I agree with you out of the two. I like this one better. And I I can see leaving it out on the table might make it a little bit, you know, we could give it a decent chunk of time, which I think we need to do. You spread it out. Yeah. Multiple plays. All right. What was your number four? So my number four was King of Tokyo. And I picked King of Tokyo Again, I'm uh, sort of these first two I picked because I wanted some games that were not super heavy, super difficult, super tough to learn games that beginners or games that the kids could enjoy. And King of Tokyo is just super fun. I mean, there's this dynamic where you're fighting to be king of the hill, right? King of Tokyo. And it's it's dice rolling, which is enjoyable and kind of adversarial, but sometimes kind of collaborative, depending on who's in Tokyo. And it's just fun. I really enjoy playing it. So I and you know, with the cards, there's a variety of options, so it wouldn't get boring super fast. It's just a fun game. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. And so far, I'm glad that we have not picked the same games because. Uh, since we're married, if we each took five different games, that'd be 10 total games that's that we true. would have. So this is actually working out great. Uh, yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, I always have fun playing it. It's fun with the kids, fun with even friends that aren't into the heavier games. Yeah, super good choice. My number four is also a battling game, so to say. Uh, <laughs> and that is Dominant Species. Nice. So this one, I would say, also falls into that category of Fairly straightforward rules where the majority of the gameplay depends entirely on what other people do. And I always feel like starting out, this game has a little bit of an epic feel to it. You know, everybody's got their one, their few little tiles in the middle with their little cubes representing their species. And you know, all this crap's going to break loose at some point. But it starts out just so small and builds from there. Uh, I think that's super fun. I like the idea of war games, but I'm not honestly a big history person. You know, we went to college in Colonial Williamsburg, uh, but I hardly took advantage of any of that stuff, (laughs) any of the colonial American history opportunities that were all around me. Um, I was a biology major, and so uh, nature and biology was more my jam. So I think Dominant Species has that war game feel, but with a biology theme uh, that for me is perfect. What's interesting is I am a history buff, but I don't like war games, but I like Dominant Species. Yeah, you had a fun time playing that I game. I love Dominant Species. And, you know, it's a, it's a game. And one re- reason I put it on there, um, you know, because it's a, a little bit of a longer, heavier game also, like 1889. However, you know, you can play with easily five or six players and it's great. So I could imagine that being wanting a really solid, fun, meaty game that could play with a bigger group of gamers that came over. Um, I'll say one thing. Dominant Species has these domination cards that do super crazy, powerful, swingy things. Um, But one thing I really love about them is all the players kind of know they're coming, and so you can plan for them, which is part of the fun. And, And I really think any good war game, even though I mentioned last week with Viticulture, I don't like randomness in games, but I feel like in a war type game, a little randomness is good because there's like no war where there's no randomness, where it's a complete information <laughs> strategic decision, right? There's always the fog of war, right? Right. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, Dominant Species, we have had a blast every time we've played it. The production is great. Yeah. 
It's a great choice. In fact, it's my number three game. Oh, really? That's yeah. a surprise to me. So Dominant Species is my number three game. And I I had a tough time deciding about it because I have only played it once as compared to some other games that I've played quite a bit more. But I did really enjoy it. And I want to play it more. I think that's the reason that I put it on the list is because I would be sad if I never got to play it again. Was it because you won? The one time you no, played. it has nothing to do with the <laughs> fact I won. I just enjoyed it. Uh, it is the heaviest on my list, and I feel like we just kind of started scratching the surface of understanding strategy behind it. So, you know, again, I'd be sad if it were to vanish and we were never to be able to play it again. And so I felt like I had to put it on my list. So it's my number three. Good choice. Good choice. Well, my number three is a totally different direction from my previous two, and that is Splendor. Oh, that was one of my honorable mentions. I know. I was glad to see that was in consideration for you. So so the addition of Splendor on my list, based on the previous two, may surprise people, or maybe it surprises you, Mamie, that this one's on my list. Uh, but this is a game that I just really, really love playing every time I've played it. I've loved it. Especially just the two of us on a school night. This is just right in the sweet spot. Uh, of games that that we like to play. And, and, you know, for me, I think I've mentioned this before, more than any other game, this game is just so zen for me. There's something about working on making those sets of gems that's just so satisfying. And, and the game's easy to set up. It's easy to play. Those poker chips for the gems are so nice. And we, we not too long ago, we got the Cities of Splendor expansion, which adds three different modules you can add to mix up the gameplay a little bit. But other than the Cities one, which all it does is replace the Nobles tiles with some different tiles, we haven't even played with most of them because it just seems like a pain and I'd rather just play the original game. Yeah, it actually doesn't surprise me at all that that is on your list. It's very frequently the game that we go to. It was hard for me to decide to not put it on mine. Yeah, you know, one thing I'll say, and and I don't know, maybe we'll see what's on your list, but um, I've heard a lot of people say that Century Spice Road replaced Splendor for them. But, you know, that is just not true for me. Uh, And I like both games. I mean, we reviewed Century Spice Road several episodes back. So clearly I like it. But I don't know, the added picking up cards and sliding them around and fumbling with these bowls of cubes and then there's these random coins that are thrown in there really takes away some of the elegance that I think uh, Splendor has. So if I only had five games, this would definitely be one of them. And we would probably need two copies because I think we would wear this one out. I agree with you. It's such a great two-player game. I think it's important to have. I'm glad you would bring it so we could still play it. I know, I'm glad. All right, so we're down to number two. Yeah, only two more games. It's getting tough. Yeah, so my number two um, is one of my very favorite games and one we haven't played in a long time. We need to break it out and play some more. My number two is Dominion. And I love a good deck building game. And one of the rules that we set when we made this was that if you get the game, you also get all the expansions. That's true. And so we have a lot of expansions. We have a lot of expansions. And so... From a pure practical standpoint, if I took Dominion, we could play a very different game lots of times. <laughs> There's no chance of getting bored or it, it, you know, being the same game over and over again. But I just, I really enjoy playing Dominion. I feel like it's a, it's kind of a nice weight. It's uh, complex in terms of decision making, but you know, we can play fairly quickly. It plays well with two players. It plays well with you know more. It's just a game that I really, really enjoy. Um, And so it's one I would have to take. 
Yeah, that's a good choice. And you're right with all those different combinations because we do have you know, five or six expansions. I don't actually know. We have actually gotten rid of all the expansion boxes and we have a big wooden box that has all the cards in, in one box. Easy to grab in an emergency. It's easy to grab. Except that's it's super it's heavy. It's super heavy, yeah. I don't think that is realistically one, especially if we were flying anywhere, that we would take because we would pay a ton. We'd have to ship that sucker. I think we would. Um, but yeah, good choice. And you know, each game you, you choose 10 of those kingdom cards so that's so many combinations. I mean, that's more combinations of of those cards than you could realistically even play games of. So good choice. And that's why it was my number two as oh, well. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, Dominion made my list, I think, for some of the same reasons as you, uh, because it felt a little bit like a cheat because of all, <laughs> of the, <laughs> all the expansions. But this is definitely the one I picked for the sole reason of for this exercise there's just so much variety with all those expansions and you literally set up a different game every time. And, you know, if I was really limited to only five games, I think I would want at least one that provided that much variety over time when I wanted something different. So totally good choice. I agree for all the same reasons uh, that you said. And I really think we need to get it out and play it again some more soon. I know. I'd be up for it. Maybe after this. Maybe. All right. Well, that brings us to... Only room for one more game. And I want to point out, so that means each of us is leaving behind 125 games to bring these five. This was so hard, and I went back and forth about what to bring, and I knew that I wanted something that was kind of a heavier game that would kind of fit that niche of something challenging. I went, uh, some of the things I considered, I considered Zolkin because we've We've been playing it quite a bit, and I really enjoy it. And we do have an expansion that we have not played yet. And we yet. do have an expansion. <laughs> I um, considered Castles of Burgundy for mm-hmm. this spot, but in the end, Orléans took my number one spot. Oh, good choice. You know, again, like like I mentioned Dominant Species, we've played Orléans some, but we haven't played it a whole lot. And it's a bag-building game, which I like the deck building. I like the bag building. And there's so many sort of different strategies and different routes that you could take with this. I feel like we're sort of just starting to scratch the surface of different strategies. And with all the sort of different buildings, extra buildings, there's some variety there. And right now, it's just my favorite of kind of mid, mid-heavy mid game. So I would have to grab it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that one was certainly, that was one of my honorable mentions and was really tempted to to bring that one. One reason I didn't was I thought you would. So that was one reason why <laughs> I didn't Good planning. See, I thought you would never take Dominion. That's why I had to grab it. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I would say with, with early on, one thing that I would be interested, you know, I feel like I have played it quite a bit in the last uh, couple of months. I feel like that's been one of our more played games recently. Uh, but I do feel like with all those buildings, there's so many different strategies yeah. I would love to try that I just haven't tried yet. Um, and we do have an expansion that actually has a completely different, uh, what's that board called where you send your people away? Um, uh, I the, always the, think about it as sending them into retirement, but that is not what it's like called. The Noble good Deeds, Deeds. The Good yeah. Deeds board, yeah. yeah. So there's a new one of those that we haven't even tried yet. You know, right. So that would provide some variety. But just all those buildings uh, would be fun. Uh, that's a good choice. That's a great game. And we just got those really sweet new Board Game Geek uh, replacement discs for the little workers that are kind of this azul tile-like material that are super great. And they're printed, not stickers. I know, they're great. They're beautiful. They are beautiful. All right, well, my number one game, any guesses? 
I'm looking at the shelf right now trying to decide. It's not Machi Kore. <laughs> All right. I have three guesses. Oh, three guesses. Okay. It's it's going to be one of the three. Okay. It's going to be Vinos, Gaia Project, or Kalos. Oh, wow. Those are great choices. I think I could be happy with just those three games. <laughs> it is one of those. I can't believe that two of those are not on the list. Well, there's only so, I know, it's hard. so much room. Uh, not being on the list does not mean it is not an enjoyable game. Um, all right. Well, the game I chose was really tough. And you know I had to pick a medium to heavy Euro game. Right. Clearly you knew that that's what I was going to pick. And it's not early on. And it's not early on. Uh, and I will say, back in the day, uh, when I first played this game, I thought, wow, this is a heavy game. This game is intense. Now I play the game and 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 it's it's fine. Like it's a medium. I would say it's more of a medium game. Um, I think as we've sort of crafted our board gaming palette, you know, and this is actually a good thing. Um, this is a game that doesn't quite burn my brain the same way that it used to, but equally enjoyable. So I'm talking about Kalos. Ah, I was the, right. Is my number one game. Yeah. So Kalos all the way back from 2005, and to me. This one completely still holds up with all the, the new games, the new hotness of today. And, and you know, I've said many times how I love pushing cubes around uh, <laughs> as much as anybody. And this game has it all. It's got the tiles. It's got the cubes. It's got the workers. <laughs> it's got all of the necessary components of a game. It is Euro game perfection. It is. And, you know, I really feel like this is a Euro game stripped down to its most basic form but it's so it's so elegant i guess maybe that's the word i use is it just doesn't feel like i feel like a lot of new games you know you got to add all this chrome and all this new all these little weird mechanics just to be almost for the point of adding complexity and to me kayla strips it all down into this just really clean but challenging game experience so we have played this one we've played this the last two josh cons maybe it's becoming a tradition and both times we played it this was the only game that we played that all the players were standing up around the table <laughs> because the decisions were just so intense. Um, and then not only decisions we were making, but like a good worker placement game, you know, you were so anxious to see what actions the other players would choose because you knew they were going to block you out of something that, that you needed to do. This is a little weird thing. I love there's no cards in it. There's something to me about a game with no cards. I think I don't like cards. In my Euro games. I could see that. Like tiles, like cardboard, like wood. Um, so I like No that. cards in Orleans either. That's right. I love That's it. why these are our number <laughs> top so. games. I guess Avenios, no cards. Another great game. But, you know, Kalos to me just provides so many interesting but tough decisions. Uh, some real tension. But you know, here's the thing. Like our plays, our, the, the, our last two plays of, the, of this game, so fun, so intense. 90 minutes. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is that is perfection. And we and we don't have a ton of time. Now time you're making our, me want to play. I think I've only played maybe two or three times. I've not been in on a lot of those plays. Now you make me want to break that one out. Yeah, we should play it. I've played this one a lot more than you have. We should definitely play this one. There is a two-player version that I have not played a whole lot that we should, we should definitely try out. But uh, for me, number one game, one of my few uh, 10-rated games on BGG, uh, Kalos. That's a very good pick. All right, well, this uh, were some good games that we picked here. That yeah, was very hard. I'm very glad and feel very blessed that we don't have to reduce our collection to five games. I think next week what we should do is 
our top five games we would get rid of if we, and then we'll actually get rid of them at the end of the That's show. easier. <laughs> if Let's you, do it. If you want any of those games, you can email us, <laughs> cardboardandwine at gmail.com, and we will send it to you. That's a great idea. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. All right, Mamie. Well, this was fun. Uh, tell everybody how they can get in touch with us. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Cardboard and Wine. For show notes, links, and other fun info about the games we discuss on the show, you can visit our website at cardboardandwine.com. If you have feedback on the show or suggestions for a future show, you can send us a tweet at Board and Wine, email us cardboardandwine at gmail.com, or jump into our guild on Board Game Geek. If you'd like to see photos of the games we're playing, you can check us out on Instagram at Cardboard and Wine. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Your reviews help new listeners find the show. Until next time, cheers, cheers and, and happy, happy gaming. gaming.